It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Well, and right now, without further ado, did you do your homework, by the way? I did. You did? I don't want to surprise you. Pardon me for having an earth-shattering moment here. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay, well, the story today, we're actually going to go north to Alaska. But before we get into that, I'm going to answer your question about how you tell the difference between Indian tribes, right? Okay, please. Okay. There was a sign on the teepee. (laughs) No. In fact, uh, what I discovered was, uh, you know, that their lifestyle, uh, here's the differences. Lifestyle, their history, their clothing, their culture, their religion, their beliefs and ceremonies, the role of Indian women and children in each of the Indian tribes, the types of houses and homes they lived in and their food, the clothes and the clothing of all the different tribes of Native American Indians, huge, like two or three hundred different ways that they lived. And uh, I mean, you look at the, the massive United States, yeah. look at all this country and we're including from Alaska to Florida. But the climate, the land, the way uh, the life of the different tribes was dictated by the natural raw materials available in the area they lived in. The animals, the fish, the birds, the plants, nuts, berries, trees, and some were agricultural, some were hunters. Okay, but now how at a distance? Here I am, a mountain man, okay? You and me are out with our flintlock rifles, and we come up on a little crest, and we look down below the hill, and there's about seven or eight Indians How do we know who they are? Okay, well, the way they dress is one thing, okay? Another thing was the way they uh, had their hair. Now, some of them, uh, and if you look at different tribes... Boy, we're in trouble. uh, You and I don't have a chance. (laughs) They're going to look at us and just say, old. Old, senile (laughs) tribe. But uh, their hair, the way they wore it, like in, uh, you know, a mohawk or a a bunch sticking up with a, tied up in the front or the back. A bunch sticking up. Yeah, a bunch of hair. What a great uh, (laughs) describing remark. (laughs) That's right. But, you know, the lifestyles of these Indians range from being nomadic... Yeah. to maybe semi-nomadic to where others just stayed in the same place. So uh, I'm thinking that a good scout could look at their clothing. Uh, he could look at their homes, their houses, or teepees, or whatever. I mean, they had everything from teepee. And we always think of teepees. Yeah. We always do. Yeah. But they had uh, Wiki-ups. Uh, wigwams, brush shelters, right. wiki-ups, chickies, which I don't know what that is, but earthen houses. They're they, baby chicken. <laughs> baby, that's what I thought. Hogans, earth lodges. They had pit houses. Yeah, they had uh, what they call long houses, adobe houses, mm-hmm. pueblos, uh, grass houses, plank houses. I mean, then you go, in Alaska, if you go that far, you know the igloos. Yeah. So there's just a huge difference in areas that they lived in. But so basically, each tribe basically was very different from other tribes. Well. I think that as you look at an area, like say, let's say the Southwest. Okay, Apaches. Yeah, I'm going to okay. say that they 
were probably similar, uh, say than say the Northeast Indians oh. or or the Southeast okay. Indians. Uh, so I'm thinking they were similar, but enough difference where a good scout like Jim Bridger. Those There's guys, quite an analogy: similar but different. <laughs> similar but different. <laughs> but, you know, Jim Bridger, those guys, they could tell. Yeah, they knew who. They who, better tell. Yeah, and I think even like I said, their their weapons, how they traded with other tribes. Right. In fact, I think I think I've mentioned sometime that uh, a friend of mine. Uh, Keith Crane had a huge collection of arrowheads. Right. One of the arrowheads he had was only found in, I think, Florida or Georgia. With the Seminoles? We don't know. Oh. But it was traded. Or the Cherokees. It was traded up and up until he found it here in Idaho. Really? So we know that there was a trading system among tribes all across the wow. United States. Okay. So anyway, that's gives you a little idea. So you did your homework. I did for a change. Wow, I am impressed. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? We're going north to Alaska. Oh, boy. I can't Here we wait. go. Here we go. All right. Cold up. The summer of 1897, George Hall, he's going to be our main character in this. Uh, he came to Alaska on a mission. He was looking for his friend. Well, no, he's not the main character. The main character, his friend, Charles Blackstone. Uh-huh. Now, Hall had made a promise to Blackstone's wife to find his friend dead or alive. So Charles Blackstone had come down with gold fever the year before, and eventually his dreams of striking it rich in Alaska were too much to resist. So, as many of those guys did, left his wife and his children at home in Seattle. Now Blackstone headed north, uh, obviously, uh, fully expecting to return home a rich man, and he asked his friend George Hall to watch after his family, and if he didn't come back, please come and find me. And so you can tell my wife what happened. In Alaska? In Alaska. Come find me. Yeah, come and find me. Yeah, easy task. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so in April, late April 1896, Blackstone, along with 250 other men, climbed aboard a steamship bound for Alaska. Well, he soon became friends with two other guys, one guy named Charles Betcher and another guy named Malink. Okay, these are the three guys. Mm-hmm. So, and like many of these guys on board, they had never mined before. Oh, these guys really were in a bad shape. <laughs> they were. <laughs> so, in place of experience, they each had camping supplies. They had shovels, picks, gold pans, and dreams of, you know, making it rich. So... Anyway, uh, they talked about gold dust, flakes, and nuggets, you know. I mean, it goes through your brain, you know, thinking about that. Uh, The summer before, pounds of it had been found in a creek that fed Cook Inlet, uh, a place called Turnagain Arm. Okay. Now, everyone on the ship was sure that he would soon be rich. Now, I'm going to try to give you a geographical description of this. Okay, I can't wait. Okay, so if you head north to Alaska, out of the ocean. There was a song written about that. Yes. Johnny Horton. Yes, Johnny Horton. Yes, I'll help you all. Lo- I can. Loved his songs. Yeah. Okay, so you head north to Alaska. As you get up there towards Seward, you have to go uh, south and west around what they call the Kenai Peninsula. There's nobody out there. That's what I hear. Yeah. You know, it's 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 rough country. Then after you go past the peninsula, then you head northeast, like as if you're headed towards Anchorage. And somebody was going to find him for his family, right? Yeah. So, so just before you get up to Anchorage. You make a southeast turn into what they call 
turn again arm. Yeah, there's a big sign there. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and a creek and a gas station. Yeah, and so here that's where we're at. We're kind of actually due south of Anchorage in this place called Turn Again Arm. Kind of, kind of, yeah. sort of. So anyway, you'll have to look it up. <laughs> so, anyway, the ship arrived in Cook Inlet, and it was early May, and the area was still kind of in a winter state. Kind of, kind of. Yeah, you like my descriptive terms. Kind of. <laughs> so anyway, the the inlet was thick with chunks of ice. The captain refused to travel up this turn again arm. Instead, he anchored near the mouth of the inlet, and this was still some 200 miles from the Gold Stream. Oh, my. So his crew would row the passengers ashore in longboats, but this was the end of the line for the ship. Now, on the beach, there was still thick snow, but even so, there was already uh, one mining party already camping there. Now, these miners told the newcomers how hard it could be to travel in this wild country, warned them that although the melting snow was a hassle, it wouldn't get much easier for the snow when the snow was gone. And it was crisscrossed with streams, swamps, glaciers, mountains, and walking through this maze was going to be difficult at best, and boating up the inlet was not much easier. Why did they even want to go there? I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, you just think about that. It makes me cold. Oh, my gosh. But this might be a good time for a break. Yeah, you know, it is a good time for a break. And it's always a great time to talk about our friends at Minicasha Sales. 1321 East Main Street in Burley. Old Zach and the crew. By golly, they're good folks. And they've got all your lumber packages. And right now, if you haven't checked on your western windows, save on your heating bills this winter, you need to call Zach right away. Number over there is 878-2091. They've got carpet on sale, certain uh, types of carpet on sale. They've got vinyl on sale. I'm telling you, you'd better get over there and check it out. At Minicasha Sales, wonderful people serving you. And they got all the Tartar Farm and Ranch gates and panels. Easy for me to say. That's why they pay me for it. Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley, right across from the airport. Zach and his whole family and crew, thank you very much for sponsoring Dr. History. Okay, so here's our three miners looking to get rich, and they're in what I consider the worst place in the world to be a miner uh-huh. up in Alaska. So now, uh, some days the water from this Turnigan arm would come shooting out like a 30-foot wave. The, the weather was absolutely horrible on, this, on the water. And the miners weren't kidding when they called this tide the cannonball because it shot back any boat that tried to get past it. What caused that? Just the tide going in and out, and, uh, and the so weather. The, the way the the circumference of the shore was, and I, I guess, because it, it kind of uh, it's, it's hard it, to describe. It's kind of like all of a sudden it would burp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, while on Turnigan Arm, the men explored the main mining camps, uh, my, uh, optimistically called Hope City and Sunrise City, which yeah, I right. I don't think it was. But yeah. anyway, a, tro- a trading post was being set up in each new location, uh, giving the camps a kind of a stamp of respectability, but the men were somewhat puzzled that there were uh, large native villages elsewhere on Cook Inlet, but not on Turnigan Arm. Now, that's got to be a hint, don't you think? Yeah, nobody the lives Indians, here, nobody wants to. The Indians aren't living there. Yeah. But, so it would be some time before they figured out that the Athabascans Indians <laughs> knew, is that right? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> Athabascans, Indian, uh, Indians. Uh, anyway, they knew Turnigan Arm had the worst boating on the inlet. It was so they didn't even go out on it.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anyway, mulling over all this information, the newcomers weighed their options. They had decided uh, quickly that uh, what they were going to do, since the captain was getting the ship ready to return to Seattle uh, for another load of miners. And so at this point, they got to decide, do I want to go back or do I want to stay? They had an opportunity to cut loose and go, right? Yes. But uh, did they want to leave Alaska yet? Well, Blackstone, Betcher, and Malink, uh, along with the majority of the other men, said no. And although things looked rough, they were not quitting. So the second question was easier to answer. Did anyone want to send a letter back to Seattle? And there might not be another chance to send a letter home. So a lot of the men mm-hmm. quickly jotted down their news and, and st- one thing and another about what they were doing and to send it back with the ship. So, But other ships arrived in Cook, Cook Inlet, and the tent camp at the inlet's mouth kept growing. Uh, men were restless to get to the Turnigan Arm Gold. So some actually cut down trees, they sawed boards, they built crude boats and hand-carved oars, and hundreds hoped to row the 200 or so miles around the inlet. Did anybody ever find any gold? Well, we're going to get to that. I figured that. Okay. Uh, anyway, one day, Betcher and a few others crept away from camp and into the woods. They followed a river deep into the center of the Kenai Peninsula, and there they dipped their gold pans into creeks and swirled them until, of course, only the heaviest sand and a few gold flakes lay in the bottom. Mm-hmm. Just flakes. flakes. Well, one could not get rich working for a few flakes a no, day. No. So. But Betchard counted on gold nuggets, as they all did, and he was, of course, disappointed. Well, the summer was passing fast, and things did not look promising, and rumors were flying up and down Cook Inlet that there were stories of $50 gold pans. And there's always these rumors, you know, that they hear and they think, oh, okay, I'm going to go there or here. I have a question for you real quick. How did they ascertain whose claim was whose? You know, I, I know that there's areas where they could stake a claim and register it. But if you're just on a creek, I don't know exactly uh, how yeah, well they. Because of the could, water and everything. Yeah, how could they really claim that? But okay, there's your there's your there's my, uh, yeah. education so, lesson. Now here's another ominous thought. Okay. Uh, there were also uh, news of empty rowboats and bodies being washed ashore. That's not a good sign. No. So, nope. in fact, one unhappy miner wrote this little poem on a scrap of paper. He said, in God we trusted, in Alaska we busted, let her rattle, we'll try it again in old Seattle. Oh, my goodness sakes. So, wow. So, anyway, the three guys, Blackstone, Betcher, and Link, gave up on Cook Inlet. In late summer, they left to look for gold up on the Yukon River. And news of the gold field was enticing, but they'd missed the last Yukon River steamship of the season to head up that way. So what'd they do all winter? Well, we'll get to that, too. Oh. <laughs> okay. So, and that's a thousand-mile hike. That's a thousand miles to get up there. And they decided, you know, since they'd missed the last boat going there, they weren't going to go there. So wow. here they are back in Turnigan Arm in March, poorer than when they had left. And of the 3,000 gold miners on Turnigan Arm over the summer, there were only 300 left. So, including the 150 men who wintered at Sunrise City, and a year earlier, the camp had even had a trading post, but uh, by 1897, the Boomtown had several stores, a brewery, of course, oh, yeah. two saloons, two restaurants, and 
Despite the comforts, these three men did not want to stay. Their funds were gone, they were poor, their spirits were down, and they were tired of Alaska. So it had been about a year. So Blockstein knew that his family would be worried about him. And Anyway, going back to Seattle would not be easy since no ships came to Sunrise City in the winter. Mm-hmm. So Turnigan Arm was a ship captain's nightmare in the winter. It was shallow. It meant that it froze. It broke up. It froze again with each tide. And on the other hand, on the south side of uh, Kenai Peninsula is the Prince William Sound. Oh, okay. okay. And it flowed all winter. So yeah. it was accessible by boat. So to obtain a winter passage on a ship, you had to hike to this Prince William Sound. How far was that? You know, I'm really not sure. I, I'm going to... I'm going to say probably 100 miles. Maybe oh, 150. just, just an a little easy jaunt. little trek. Yeah. So anyway, the men of Sunrise City provided instructions on how to hike to Prince William Sound. Because okay. many of them had made the trip themselves. And they also warned Betcher and his friends to watch out for fog and blizzards, which were common and could be very deadly, of mm-hmm. course. Well, they would also have to watch for great cracks in the ice large enough to swallow a man. And when they reached Portage Glacier, they were to follow the trail marked with stakes and ropes. So people had gone before and actually marked this trail. Um, and if the men stayed on the marked trail, they'd be safe and they'd make it to the trading post at Portage Bay and where they could wait for the next ship heading south. Well, in Sunrise City, the Blackstone Party packed with care their dog, Spot. 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 You could have come up with a better name than that. <laughs> hey, I had a dog named Spot. Oh, okay. <laughs> but anyway, he was tied to a sled, which was piled high with food and blankets and covered with a moose hide. And they actually took ladders uh, lashed on uh, to serve as bridges if they had to go across a wide crack. In well, the, there in you the go. Well, that's a smart thing. Yeah, that, so they were, you know, in the yeah. ice. But anyway, the men offered to carry letters to Seattle, and a few letters were added to their load. And on the morning of March 25th, the three men left Sunrise City. Spot pulled the sled while one man pulled, another man pushed from behind, and Two days later, two men traveling to Sunrise saw the Blackstone Party on Portage Glacier. There you go. Now, things go get worse from here. Oh, no. Soon after this, a huge blizzard rose up, and Blackstone Group never reached the Portage Bay trading post. Hmm. So, now, back in Seattle, Blackstone's wife feared the worst, and now this George Hall, a friend of his, took it upon himself to travel to Cook Inlet to find out what happened. Now, people in Sunrise City told him they remembered his friend and directed Hall to follow the trail to Portage Glacier. And he spent a fair amount of time on the glacier searching for clues, footprints, lost gear, anything to find his friend. Well, most of the footprints uh, followed the rope trail, but not all. A few of them went off to the right. This isn't good. Not good. No. Well, Hall followed these. They went on and on, eventually wandering off of Portage Glacier. And not sure where to search next, he followed a mountain ridge for a long ways and then dropped down on a new glacier. And under a ledge of ice, he found the body of his friend, Charles He Blackstone. found that he guy found in Alaska? You've got to yes. be kidding me. I mean, we're looking at, I mean, this thousands is amazing. Thousands and thousands yeah. of miles. Yeah. But anyway, poor Charles' face and hands were black with frostbite. And pinned to his chest was this handwritten note. This is what he wrote. Saturday, April 4th, 1897. This is to certify that Betcher froze to death on Tuesday night. J.W. Malink died on Wednesday forenoon, being frozen so badly. C.A. Blackstone had his ears, nose, and four fingers on his right hand and two on his left hand, frozen an inch back. The storm drove us on before it. It overtook us within an hour of the summit and drove us before it. 
It drove everything we had over the cliff except blankets and moose hide, which we all crawled under. Supposed to have been 40 degrees below zero. On Friday, I started for salt water. I don't know how I got there. Having enough grub for 10 days, providing bad weather does not set in. Spot was blown over the cliff. I think I can hear him howl once in a while. That's the I end of the letter. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> That's the he end thought of the... he could hear Spot howl once in a while? Yeah, because he got blown over the edge or uh, anyway. But anyway, Spot. you know, with the unimaginable luck... Yeah. I mean, had brought Hall to Blackstone's body. Uh, he was not able to find the bodies of Betcher and Malink, though. Uh, and nobody else ever did find their bodies. But Hall sent a letter to Mrs. Blackstone reporting on his sorry discovery. And the story appeared in the Seattle newspaper that summer. And now, ironically, Hall had been bitten by the gold fever bug and decided to stay at Cook Inlet. Mm-hmm. So that fall, he staked his own turnigan arm gold claim. And unfortunately, his creek was not very productive. So there you go. He did file a claim on, I guess, a section of the So creek. he sent a letter back to the wife and said, uh, sorry, sorry, Spot's yeah. dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the Prince William Sound Glacier where George Hall found his friend's body was named after that Blackstone Glacier. Really? Yeah. Holy cow. So, you know, you think about these guys in Alaska. You've been there, and that's a rough environment up I've there. I've been to, uh, yeah, some of those uh, cities up in there, and... yeah. Uh, I've hiked up uh, what they call the the Chilkoot Trail, hiked really? part of that, and yeah. isn't that the one that was carved out of ice? Yeah, that's where they found the uh, where a man carved what they call the Golden Staircase. That's it. Yeah, and he charged people to walk up that Golden yeah. Staircase, and you see a picture of a line of men going up that. Yeah, his name was Obama. <laughs> yeah, and if you stepped out of line to rest, <laughs> you might wait an hour or two before you could get back in line. Really. To, Keep climbing. Holy yeah. smokes. So that was, you know, you think about the gold rushes in California and different places and even Idaho, but Alaska had to be the, the most brutal. I don't even want to think about being that cold. Uh, the weather, the oh snow, the cold. And most of them never got anything. That's right. There's only very few that actually did strike a rip. That's right. Very few. Well, you did a great job this morning. Well, thank you. I like to go north to Alaska once in a while. Well, we'd like to send you there. No, I mean, that's cool. Good old Johnny. You did your homework, too. I did. Everything yeah, was perfect. Don't expect perfect. that to happen too often. Well, we'll look forward to next week. What are we going to talk about next that, week? That's a good question. That's why I asked. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> Let's thank our sponsor again. Well, we still have one. Uh, Minicasha Sales. Good morning. Great folks over there at 1321 East Main Street in Burley. Yes, sir, Bob. Uh, I mentioned earlier, you know, you being in the livestock business, horses and everything, they've got the best of those tartar farm and ranch gates and panels. Absolutely the best right there at Minicasha Sales, 1321 East Main Street in Burley. Number to call 878-2091. How many countries are we heard in? Well, I haven't checked for a little while. We're still about 110. 110. About 400,000 hits on dr-history.com. Isn't that great? It is. I've and I've heard from a few people from uh, England and Sweden. And And what have uh, they had to say? Just they just enjoy the show. Really? Yeah. Wow. We are international celebrities. We are. And I'll bet you Obama's jealous. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet. (laughs) Hey, God bless you, man. We'll see you next week. All right. Sounds good. All right. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? 
Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.